will survive in America. La, hey, hey. Good morning, city of San Jose. My name is Anthony Pham. I am with the Rated R crew today in the MLK Library, and today we're going to be handling modern racism and even more modern problems and what that means in the overall scheme of racism in the modern age. Today with me I have... Oh, hi, my name is Dana. Hi, my name is Yu. Hi, my name is Lisette. Hello, my name is Sharon. And my name is John. Alright, so we're gonna start off here and, you know, growing up, what, what does, like, What's your earliest memory of ever experiencing or encountering any form of racism? I have a fun story regarding this, actually. So, uh, when I was really young, I remember hearing that... I don't remember exactly who I heard it from, but I heard you know, that a lot of Mexican people were coming to San Diego to like take all of our jobs. I remember I repeated this to my mom, and she got super mad at me. And she's like, you can't just paint everyone with the same paintbrush because not everyone is here for that reason. And at that point I realized that what I had said was pretty pretty messed up and that we should be kind of aware that everyone has their own individual experience. Yeah, like I grew up in a predominantly um, white neighborhood as well. And I remember in high school going to the counselor office once for a question and a parent was there and she just happened to be white. And I was already sitting at this table, and she um, looked at me and was like, you can't sit here, you have to sit on the other side of the table. And I was just like really confused because I sat there first, and I was like wondering if it was because like I was Asian and she was like white, so she felt like she had the privilege to sit down, because there was only one chair at the table. So. Um, my earliest uh, memory of becoming aware of racism was when um, I went to a boot camp uh, for soccer and I was the only Mexican person there and the rest of the girls were white and I noticed that they were having like favoritism so like they then asked me if I was able to play and had the money and everything and I told them that I couldn't because I couldn't afford it and they like begged me and like they also told my parents that they would take their money away since he was also like refereeing and i think it was kind of like messed up because like why are they taking my parents money just for me to like play you know like why can't they give me like a like a scholarship or something because they you know i specifically told them like i can't afford this boot camp even though i already finished that whole boot camp at the end like i just feel like they wanted like favorites like favorite players and I just and I felt like I worked so hard for something that they wanted to take something away from me and I, don't know, I just thought it was messed up. That is super messed up. It actually kind of brings up a couple of other points that we want to talk about um, because I feel like a lot of what you mentioned was privilege and that's like one of the definitions that we should definitely cover including like microaggressions and systemic racism. Systematic Racism is a form of racism that is embedded in the laws and regulation of a society or an organization. It manifests as discrimination in areas such as criminal justice, workplaces, housing, healthcare, education, and political representation. 
You know, it's really interesting that, you know, privilege kind of builds into character and how it carries into racism and experience, especially racism experienced in the modern day. Um, with more privilege comes more, I guess, ignorance in a way, right? Like you, you take things more for granted that you wouldn't otherwise no normally see. And because you take so many things for granted, right, um, you can... You, sometimes you play things off really in a playful manner. Most of the times when you do it like this, though, it looks like microaggressions. And microaggressions are the modern form of racism that doesn't really seem apparent on like surface level to the naked eye. But when you're really analyzing and looking into the action and what the meaning of what this person is saying, many assumptions are made on so many factors that doesn't necessarily paint the whole picture about what a person is and who they are. Um, so now that we've covered the definitions, uh, I have kind of a question for the group, and it's how does systemic racism exist within healthcare? And this is my first job about healthcare also. Um, my position is uh, answer the phone, and I heard a lot of people call in and they ask if we accept Medicare insurance, and for my office, we do accept Medicare However, our policy often that um, we have to lie with them that our schedule is full until a couple months later. So like we do uh, make appointment for them but like let them wait about one or two months after that. So like for me I feel about um, for my experiment I feel that it is not uh, it is equal because our office do accept medical insurance would be like for low income people. However, there is another side that um, medical insurance like pay very horrible. So that's why not a lot of office accept uh, this kind of insurance. Oh wow, that's pretty interesting in regards to like systemic racism because it kind of like really emphasizes that like a public insurance company would be rejected amongst most uh, most amongst private practices and it's sort of um, like in capitalist nature to accept a higher paying private insurance so I think it's a pretty profound story that you have I think it's also interesting that like even when these lower income families get help like medical they still don't get the help that they need even when they have that insurance like going, like having medical, like do you expect to get like the health care that you already need because you have insurance now? But like when you go to the <laughs> private offices or like physicians' offices, they sometimes like um, book your appointments like later in the year or like far back, like a month or two back because like your insurance doesn't pay that well. Yeah, I agree with you. And also, like medical, like doesn't pay the specific uh, service. We have to pay our by ourselves also. That's pretty sad, really, as well, because I can't imagine the way it makes you feel like having to like knowingly put these people far back when it's, you're just trying to do your job. It's not really up to you. It's really the system that's sort of like created to like kind of mess these people over. 
And what's really interesting is many of the times that pa these patients call in, right, they'll they'll hear their date or whatever appointment, surgery date, whatever, and then they'll be like, their first response is almost immediately, oh, like, is there a sooner sooner day? I, I, I'm, I'm dying, right? Like, <laughs> like and part of that ties into privilege and having a, a high accessibility and what what exactly does privilege mean? Yeah, yeah just the, the fact that insure, the, the disparity between private and public insurance is a huge privilege. And being part of certain cultures, religions, societies, like even being born in a certain zip code brings privilege. You're, you go to a better elementary school, which leads to a better foundation, grassroots education, and then that carries into the rest of your life. Our next topic, we also want to talk about how, how does wealth affect racism and systemic racism? Um, wealth, um, less wealth translates into fewer opportunities for upward mobility and it's compounded by lower income levels and fewer change, changes to build wealth or pass accumulated wealth down to future generations. For example, lower income Americans are less able to afford health care services and health insurance. Um, among that, like wealth is heavily and increasingly concentrated among the richest households. So I think that has like a major impact how wealth and affects racism and systematic racism and how more money more money equals better care so more money brings better care right so let's look on the opposite end of the spectrum on the like the absolute bottom rung right when you're working with so many of these in need families low income families right a lot of modern healthcare problems arise and it's healthcare microaggressions right and it goes both ways. Healthcare, some some healthcare providers don't want to treat a patient because they're they they talk a certain way or they they look a certain way. But also, it goes from patient to provider and practitioner side. Sometimes you don't want a doctor solely, and it's happened before. I work in healthcare myself, and I've been told like, hey, I don't want you because you're a male. Like, I get it. Like, hey, that's fair. You know, like pretty normal. But I've I've had coworkers who have gotten turned away on the color of their skin. I mean, I feel like it's reasonable if you're a patient and you say like, um, you don't want to be cared by a specific like physician because you want to get healthcare where you feel like the most comfortable with, you know? So like when they asked you like, do you want a female or a male? Yeah. And I feel Cause like- Cause I realized that when I go to like, um, you know, like a physical um, exam, like, I always get a girl, and I think, and I'm more comfortable like that, you know? Like, if I would have had, like, a, a male doctor, I wouldn't feel comfortable enough for them to even, like, check me like that. Mm -hmm. And it, But, I mean, if it's the other way around, I feel like doctors or nurses or, like, any medical healthcare worker, they should not, like, refuse to serve a patient, because that's their job. Yeah. So. I agree. It's actually, like part of their training, right, to, like, take a vow. See past the Hippocratic um, Oath. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, they have to, like, take an, a vow to, like, treat everyone equally regardless of, mm -hmm. like, race or anything. Mm 
it's definitely a two-way street in regards to like racism in the health and healthcare, mm-hmm. because not only do the patients are they subject to the racism from nurses and doctors, um, but additionally, we as practice like practitioners ourselves are subject to hate from the um, those in need, which is makes it a really tough situation for us. I mean, for any practitioner, because you have to maintain that that level of headedness and provide the best care possible. In every case. In ev- yeah, absolutely. In every case, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I can see that being really tough for um, for a lot of people, especially if you get someone who's like extremely angry or, or hateful. Hot-headed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It can be tough. An idea that I had for that was educating workers in the healthcare field on racism. Even though like when you're going to school for healthcare, I would assume that you're going to school to help everyone like every patient, no matter what gender, like um, what gender, how old they are, or what their race is. Um, I think that it would be very beneficial if workplaces or hospitals have presentations right before they start working for the hospital on these um, subjects. So kind of like how San Jose State has like our Title yeah, IX training. Yeah, like the right. Title IX uh, training and all that stuff. I think that would be beneficial just as a reminder, even though it's kind of logic to help everyone. Like, right. it, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't take half a brain to be a decent human being. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, even in, when I was in the military, we would do like annual training on like sexual harassment and stuff. Not to mm. say that we're all, you know, subject to that, but it's just to like make sure that you're stay, it stays fresh in your mind, mm-hmm. like how to respond to it as well as like suicide and things of that nature. Yeah, being That's responsible. Good. And I don't know if these trainings happen in healthcare fields now, but I feel like that would be very beneficial if they do. Absolutely agree. Race remains a significant factor in determining whether an individual receives care, whether an individual receives high quality care, and in determining health outcomes. And. That's really interesting that you mentioned the, the high quality care and you know health outcomes because that ties back into privilege. And part of the discussion today is realizing how take it for granted that we here in California, San Jose, we have it, right? The massive amount of diversity that happens here. Um, plenty of times San Francisco has been often described as, as like a melting pot, a melting pot in that we have people, carrots, right? Uh, Potatoes, onions, different spices, these different heritages and origins coming together to create a unique culture. And, you know, the assimilation of this culture as it spreads throughout California, right? It becomes keystone to the progressing of a less racist society. It, It could be partially explained that racism stems from a lack of understanding, a lack of understanding one's culture, one's upbringing right because oftentimes racism is just not black and white but more assumatory you look and then you assume yeah so i definitely agree i'm not native to san jose personally but since i've been here i've noticed that there's a huge amount of culture involved in the area like it's crazy like tons of my friends and tons of the people that i meet and know are you know i mean nothing like me essentially um which I think is awesome. I think it's really interesting and cool that we have so many unique people and foods and cultures like all blended together in this area. It really gives you a unique perspective on the world here. Yeah, and I love that as well because like coming from like Southern California, I grew up in a white predominantly like neighborhood. Like I've never been around a bunch of 
Asian people, like my culture and like my identity, it was like always hard for me to fit in back home. But coming to San Jose, it made me like feel more fit in for sure. Do you have any thought about that? Any solution for this problem in our culture, like where we live now? I think having a at least basic understanding of the cultures from which your patient comes from is very important. I, I think part of that is key. Understanding culture understand, lets you understand someone else's true background. D definitely. And as, as practitioners, like uh, personally, I'm a nutrition major, so a big aspect that has to be considered um, in the healthcare field is um, whether someone's uh, maybe a vegetarian or if they're pescatarian. And you know, a lot of those things are actually related to race. So jumping to conclusions about someone's dietary, um, um, like their standard diet is in a, sort of a microaggression in itself. So it's, it's really important to maintain with an open mind and be aware of the people that you work with on a daily basis. Um, I also want to add in um, that we should also avoid stereotyping your patients to tell them apart from others in the residential floor. And I think this also goes back to like educating those who work in the healthcare industry. I think that should be like a big factor in like one of the solutions that we should have. Like um, John said earlier, like having those like um, trainings and like presentations before you even start working in the hospital setting or yearly. whatever setting yeah. yeah yearly would be ideal too just like a fresh reminder because even though it is like um what did we say earlier it, it's like it's not necessarily that anyone's a bad person it's yeah. just good to have it fresh in your mind that you should treat everyone on like an equal even keel mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's important to remember that racism is still here and while it may not look the same or be the same as the same one that took place 100 years ago, it takes place today in the modern form of systemic racism, right? Absolutely, yeah. All right. Thank you for joining our podcast and have a wonderful day. Thank you. This has been Rated R. Anthony, signing off. <laughs> Dana, signing off. Liz is signing off. You sign up. And Autobots roll out. <laughs>